Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When the objects of an inquiry in any department have principles, conditions, or elements, it is through acquaintance with these that knowledge, that is to say scientific knowledge, is attained. For we do not think that we know a thing until we are acquainted with its primary conditions or first principles and have carried on our analysis as far as its simplest elements. Hello, and welcome to Ask Andrew. I'm guessing at this moment you are having one of two... No, I'm guessing you're having two reactions. No, I know that you are having two reactions to what I was just reading, two categories. One is you are either disconnecting emotionally or connecting emotionally. And two is you are thinking either in a very general way or not at all about what I just read. The reason I know that is because that's what I just read. And that was Aristotle. Here's, here's what I'm getting at. When we first encounter anything. Let's say an 18-month-old child encounters a dog. I like to ask people the question, when an 18-month-old child encounters a dog, what does he see first? And because we have the habits of mind that we do in our age, the typical answers that I receive, well, go ahead, think about it. What do you think? What, what does a child see when he first encounters a dog? Typically, I'll hear Whiskers, nose, eyes, paws, parts. Okay. But based on our own experience, even as adults, if we can detach ourselves far enough to see it, or studies by psychologists of children, in fact, that isn't what you see when you first encounter a dog. You don't see parts of the dog. Now, this might seem odd to you, but what you actually see first is a dog. The whole dog. You see the, in German, the gestalt has become a popular word. That's because we don't like thinking in terms of what they used to call essences. But what you see is dogness embodied in the dog. Now, you don't have those thoughts. You don't have the philosophical um, encounter with the dog where you evaluate the experience. But that's what you experience. It is only over time and later on that you start to experience either the principles of dogness or the parts of a dog or any of those other things. The first thing you experience is a dog. And the reason I mentioned the emotional element is because when you first see that dog, emotionally, you immediately look for or experience direction on how you're supposed to feel about it. Now, my friend Matt Bianco was telling me recently that when a, um, when a child actually does see something for the first time, their reaction tends to be, or apparently almost always is, 
to look at their mother. And they watch to see, how does mother react to this? If mother is afraid of this, I will be afraid of this. If mother likes this, I will like this. And obviously, there are all kinds of modifications to that. But the basic reality is that a child has an emotional reaction that he's taught to have by, well, by imitation and by experience. So if you heard me reading that really difficult passage, and I'm about, if I haven't revealed it yet, I I will in just a moment. If you heard me reading that, and you are accustomed to shutting down when you hear that sort of thing, or, or um, maybe you feel overwhelmed, or maybe you feel this is too hard to think about, or maybe you feel the people I respect would laugh at that, this is insulting. Any of those things are going to lead you to have an emotional reaction of turning away. On the other hand, if you have an excess of self-confidence, <laughs> if you love hard, complicated ideas, or if the people that you respect embrace it when they hear words like that, then you probably were listening very carefully. Now, there's other reasons why you might have turned away or listened carefully, um, but I would suggest possibly that at the root is the, the hope for honor or the fear of shame, which can lead you in both directions. Now, there's a point to all of this. And that point is that you are listening to Ask Andrew, which is a new podcast on the Searcy Network. And I was asked to explain to you that in the past, we have, uh, we've done some uh, video broadcasts, we had an audio broadcast, and we were trying for a long time to do Ask Andrews that were more or less regular, and my schedule and the staff schedule and David's schedule didn't really allow it, and things came and went. But now... Now we're going to uh, we're going to make this a regular weekly podcast, and this podcast, Ask Andrew, is going to have basically two parts to it. One is, I get a lot of questions all the time about the big picture, sort of the what is classical education kind of question. I also get a lot of little questions, if you like. Well, they're big questions, but about the nitty gritty details of okay, that's what a classical education is. Thanks, great. How do I do it on Thursday afternoon? How do I do it in these circumstances? How do I do it now and here? Or if you like, here and now. And what I want to do in these podcasts is to answer both of those questions, to to answer both of those kinds of questions. I want to explore in each podcast a general question, a big question, like what is a classical Christian education what is virtue? What is wisdom? What are the seven liberal arts? Um, what are the, what's the place of the sciences? What's the trivium? What's the quadrivium? What is the ordo amoris? Now, some of these terms might have taken you back to the passage I started with, and you're thinking, oh, not again. Well, I'm going to rescue you, I hope, from that. Yes, I'm going to use words that are drawn from our tradition, from the Christian classical tradition. Yes, I'm going to use words that are somewhat unfamiliar. It's not that they're necessarily big for example, the word nous is a Greek word, N-O-U-S, if we transliterate. It's only four letters. It's not the vastness of the word that's hard to understand. Sometimes it's the foreignness of the concept. Sadly, in the modern era, many, many concepts that are key to Christian classical education are simply not thought about, or if they're thought about, they're thought about in fragmented ways. And I want to revive words. 
I want to resuscitate some words that really need, we need them to be resuscitated so that we can think better. I also want to think with you about how do you apply this during morning time? How do you apply this in raising a child who has this particular issue or that particular issue that you're having to contend with? The specifics. And I want to give you a word from the tradition that's going to help as we think through this. And that word is, in Latin, prudentia. In in Greek, sophrosune. And forgive me, Latin and Greek speakers, for my annihilation of the pronunciation. In English, the word is prudence. I believe prudence is one of the most lost virtues. And I want to suggest for to you a simple definition of prudence that I'm going to use to guide me as we proceed. Prudence is the ability, the virtue of seeing a principle clearly and embodying it in the circumstances. There are two things we must not do. We must not treat principles as though they don't adapt to circumstances, and we must not treat circumstances as though they are not subject to principles. We need to think in both principles and circumstances. So that's what I'm going to try to do. And if you like, we can call this this Ask Andrew podcast a quest for prudence. Um, so as we proceed, I hope you'll stay along. I hope that you'll join me. And I hope that you'll ask questions. In order to do so, there is a link in the episode description, either on the website or in iTunes. And you can use that link to send questions to me. And I will do everything I can to answer them. And let me come back now in conclusion to that statement by Aristotle and see if I can make any sense of it at all and explain why I used it. He said, When the objects of inquiry have principles, conditions, or elements, it is through acquaintance with these that knowledge is attained. If you want to know something, you need to know the principles, you need to know the conditions, And you need to know the elements. But he says something interesting below about how that happens. He says the natural way of doing this, and by this he simply means what I would call the created way. The created way or the natural way of doing this is to start from the things which are more knowable and obvious to us and proceed towards those things which are clearer and more knowable by nature. Well, I got the first part there, okay, did you? We start with what we know, what is easier to know, and what is more obvious. The second part's a little harder. We move toward things that are clearer and more knowable by nature. Well, I'm going to have to pick this up in the next talk if you want me to go into detail, but let me say this much. To simplify, what he's saying is when we learn something first, we learn it in a very general way, In a very, let's call it a caricature. We learn the whole dog first. But then over time, as we interact with what we're thinking about, we come gradually to learn the principles. We come gradually to learn the elements, to to to, to learn the conditions, as he put it, and the parts. What I want to do in this podcast is to begin with big picture, the whole dog, and gradually work our way down into the nitty-gritty details, elements, parts, and pieces. But all the while remembering 
the reason we're thinking about the big picture is so that we know what to do when this particular crisis or that particular opportunity arises. Please join me as we go forward in this Ask Andrew podcast. And and by the way, for those of you who are wondering, yes, I do hope that sometimes Karen will join me again. And may the Lord remember you in his kingdom. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.